you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't, train our kids they will not be able to stand uh-oh erin addison's on american family radio thank you so much for listening i'm miki and i'm will and sweet victory and j macro on tap to help us navigate the show um today i i have to say we are going to kind of make a case here some somewhat make a case i don't think for many of our listeners that um i don't think it's true that you need a case to be made um, I, I do think, though, there comes a time regularly where we need to be encouraged that even though we are thought of as hateful, even though we are told that we are hateful, mm-hmm. um, that we are standing on the truth of God's word and that we fear God rather than man. And sometimes we just need to be reaffirmed in that. And uh, it's interesting to me when the reaffirmation of those convictions actually come from the people who oppose us, Mm. right? Like there are people who are standing against us because they think, they think that we hate them. Right. Um, But telling people the truth is the epitome of love. I mean, that, that is love to tell people the truth. Right. Mm. Uh, But it's interesting to me that for Christians, when we have to double down on a biblical position that we have taken, uh, we often find support for our position in the unlikeliest of places that is from those who are opposing us and indeed calling us hateful, <laughs> right? Like it, it's, they actually are found um, helping us make our case. Right. And so I want to show that to our listeners today, but I have to warn you and I, I want to, I want to issue a very serious uh, disclaimer, a very serious warning um, because I, I take very seriously God's word um, and the scriptures, you know, tell us that it's it's shameful to openly discuss what the wicked do in, in, in the dark, what they do in secret. And it's always such a conflict because so much of what we do is warn the body of Christ. So we have to expose things like yeah. we, we have to say, hey, this is going on. And we have to do that with enough care mm-hmm. um, that we don't rob our listeners of their innocence. We recognize that we have listeners of all ages. Right. And um, so we are very careful to give disclaimers. Yeah. So, and so, the Bible also says don't participate in wickedness, but, uh, but expose evil, them. But, yeah. But expose them. That so, is true. So. That is so true. Yeah. And, and so, so there's this tension, right? That you're not, <laughs> you don't want to be like, you know, um, talking or seeming to, to bring any type of like, I, I don't know that you can, appear to be bringing positive attention to it. But sometimes there are people who will write in and will say, well, I didn't know this was happening until you mentioned it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, and as if we have robbed them of their innocence and I'm just going, but it is happening though. (laughs) And just because you don't know it's happening doesn't make it so that it's not happening. Right. So we have a job to do. We have a job to do that. We take very seriously here, which is to inform you, Mm. which is to equip you and then to call you to action. And so we're going to get into a little bit of the call to action um, in the second and third segments here. But in this first segment, I want to set up and um, I want to, I want, here is my disclaimer. 
if you um, usually listen with your kids, you know, probably don't listen with them until you've had an opportunity to listen first, okay, Mm -hmm. to this particular program. If you are one of my young brothers or sisters who you listen to the podcast because your parents have said, oh, yeah, it's the Addisons. Okay, I know who some of you are, right? (laughs) Um, This is the point where you're going to have to not listen. Excuse me. And you're going to have to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, I need you to listen to this one first because Miss Miki said um, that (laughs) there's a disclaimer in place. What am I doing when I do this? I am attempting to, um, to grab your conscience. OK, because so, if I don't say that, you'd be like, well, I didn't know. And, and I always listen. And so um, but I care about you. And so some of the content that I want to discuss today, I think your parents uh, deserve deserve to know first and decide if that's something they want to discuss with you. So yeah. so having said that and put that firmly in place, uh, why am I taking several minutes to do that? Because I care about I care about our young people. Amen. And it means a lot to me that their innocence is protected as much as we can. So today's topic, um, here, here's what we're, uh, my encouragement to you is buy truth and do not sell it. Mm. Buy truth and do not sell it. So right now our country is having a conversation about the so-called <laughs> Respect for Marriage Act, okay? Um, what I'm going to show you with um, evidence from the people who participate in same-sex relationships, even as they would call them uh, monogamous relationships, what I'm going to show you is that even they are hoping that the conservative heterosexuals never look deeply into the nature of their relationship and and thereby expose that they have no desire for monogamy. They have, they have no desire for what has been called uh, same love. You know, love is love. It's Mm -hmm. just it's all Mm -hmm. just the same love. And this is this is what we have heard for a number of years. This is, you know, the um, the presentation of pages taken from the after the ball playbook that you don't talk about the actual thing. You talk about all the things that surround the thing and allow the heterosexuals to just sort of go to their natural understanding of marriage and their natural understanding of commitment, their natural understanding of love. And then you never have to actually talk about what happens um, inside the bedrooms of homosexual individuals. You, you, you don't have to talk about that. We know what happens. You don't have to tell them what happens because then they will never be endeared to us because really what we do is, is disgusting. We all know it. Guys, listen. And so, so, so what, but what has happened mm-hmm. is there has been this amazing, like sophisticated and consistent cover-up of the reality of same-sex relationships, or now as they call it, same-sex marriage. It's not marriage, okay? It's not marriage, um, but it's been called that. So I put that in big, dark quotes, same-sex marriage. It's not marriage, okay? Um, But what has happened has been this, let's keep from the heterosexuals what we really desire here, because if we really expose who we are, Mm -hmm. they will be disgusted by that. Now, why? Because they understand that we understand that marriage has a certain definition. Now, I want you to think about that. So so we say that marriage is between one man and one woman for life. The understanding is that that is a monogamous relationship. It is not a um, 
as has been recently thrown around in popular culture. It is not an open relationship. In fact, I'm going to show you from this article here that I think is brilliantly written. Um, we'll post a link in the show notes so that you can go and read this article in its entirety. I'm not going to get to all of it. I intend to get to much of it because I think it is worth you knowing Right. That when your heartstrings get pulled on in culture toward wickedness. OK, um, it doesn't have to be right. your heartstrings don't have to be like right. it is a choice that you make. And, and simply put, the choice you make to let your heartstrings be pulled on by culture is a choice to move away from truth. Mm. Like th- that's how that happens. If you if you buy truth and do not sell it. Okay, as the Proverbs instruct us, if you buy truth and do not sell it, then you don't have to worry about your heartstrings being pulled upon. You don't have to worry about the, you know, drawing the ire of men or that people are not going to like me or they're not going to invite me, you know, to sit at the cool table and all of these things that we start (laughs) to get conditioned very early on to care about. You don't have to care about any of those things if you buy truth and do not sell it. Now, let me make my case. I'm going to read an article here from you or to you that's uh, from the Washington stand. And again, it's disturbing. Some of the content is disturbing, but I think in order for Christians who remain on the fence and who have a hard time talking about um, protecting what is marriage, God has defined marriage yeah. already. It's not up for redefinition. There's no question about it. Right. But there are some Christians who remain uh, on the fence about what marriage is. And even as Christians, what we have the right to say, like, can we even say what is and what is a marriage and and all of these things? Um, I think it's important for you to understand that even the homosexuals who um, are the researchers will say of themselves, they don't actually desire marriage the way the heterosexuals think about it. Mm. Which to me is like the height of like, um, saying you guys are stupid. You guys are stupid because so many of the Christians are just like, but, but love is love. And, 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 mm-hmm. and that they want to be in these committed relationships. Why can we, why, why but can't we don't. sanctify that? No, they don't. <laughs> right. They don't. And they are hoping, and they have enjoyed an incredible amount of success under the guise of love is love. And it's the same love. And they write songs about it and they sing about it. And, and then Christians feel convicted and they cower. They don't say anything because they're like, but they just want what we want. But I'm telling you today, um, and anybody who knows just an inkling about this type of community knows that that's not true, that they don't want the same things that you want, that marriage is not marriage to them, even Mm -hmm. as they use the word marriage. It's just meant to endear you to their desire to live openly and freely, one, two, to cause you to openly and freely support it. And I'm going to get into this article here, but let me say this one last thing. I really wish that Christians would ask themselves the question routinely, why do they care so much if I approve or not? (laughs) Like, just keep asking yourself, like, just, you know, why, why does it matter if I agree with you? Like, why do I need to be forced to mm. say yes and amen right. to what you're doing? Right. And, and I think when you start to ask that question of yourself and you ask that question, honestly, you start to realize the spiritual implications of giving your approval to sin. Yeah. Like that you, that you approve of sin and you say yes and amen. Um, there is something that the enemy knows about that as 
that it's sin, right? That he banks on us not knowing. Yeah. All right. So here is this article. It's written by uh, Ben Johnson. And uh, this is over at the Washington stand. And I'm just going to get into it and, and then kind of jump around here a little bit. Of course, you guys know how, how we do programming. So I'll, I'll be talking throughout probably more than you would like. All right. Getting into it now, though. America, America has increasingly defined itself as a land that lives by fictions. One of the most mm. pervasive lies insists that Americans support same sex marriage by ever increasing margins. So here's a lie. OK, this is what Ben Johnson is saying, that it's a lie. One of the most pervasive lies insists that Americans support same sex marriage by ever increasing margins. But occasionally, occasionally, one of the media's myths runs into a contradictory reality that people know is true in their bones. The belief that married people should not have sex with anyone except their spouse comes as close to a universally accepted truth as this country can muster. That sets public support for same-sex marriage on a collision course with itself. Mm. Now, let me let me take the words and meekify <laughs> them, okay? In other words, what Ben Johnson is saying is you know, we keep hearing that the public support for same-sex marriage is at an all-time high, and we keep even reading these numbers. But what Ben Johnson is going to unpack in this piece that he writes is that most Americans, over 80%, actually believe that monogamy, monogamy in a marriage, in a relationship, is a non-negotiable. In a marital relationship, Monogamy is a non-negotiable. This is a part of what defines marriage as marriage. Mm. Okay. So then if we keep saying that people support so-called same-sex marriage, if we keep saying that people support that, it is only that they, because they have sold truth. Okay. Number one, have sold truth. But number two, do not understand that what they are publicly supporting is not privately represented, not even in the least, not from the big glaring like omission of the fact that you have two different sexes involved in the marriage. I mean, that's the glaring (laughs) omission, right? But then even privately, what we have come to understand as marriage, two people committing themselves to each other in a covenant, okay? Even that part of it is not sacred to the homosexuals. Wow. And yet they pull on our heartstrings and we feel guilty because we're like, but but they say, no, we don't actually want to just be with each other. <laughs> Aaron, the Addison's mm. American Family Radio. We will take the break and we'll be right back. Everybody is becoming something. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's like you, Aaron Cole, Torin Wells, and Toby Mack. 
My encouragement to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, is to, to be the church. My encouragement to you is to buy truth and, and, and don't sell it. Don't allow people to guilt you. Um, don't let your emotions lead, mm-hmm. right? Like we are led by the Spirit of God. We rely on, we stand on the truth of God's Word. And, um, and you know, it's, 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 a, um, it's a convenient uh, coincidence, if you will, when those who do not share our convictions or our values, they do not share um, our right fear of God, when they are found confirming that, hey, our, our convictions are good, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like our convictions are right and, and they are they are true. And so here we are. This is one of those moments where, you know, we're having this conversation about um, so-called respect for marriage, which is, is <clears throat> excuse me, really interesting when you think about it, because someone who would want to demolish marriage right. <laughs> in in any possible definable way, someone who would want to demolish that to be calling it mm. respect for me. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's an injury with insult, mm-hmm. I think, you yeah. know? And, and I think we have been, we have been so scared into silence. What, yeah. what I'm telling you guys love, not your life to death. You know, like we, 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 we present this, this persona that we have this willingness to die for Christ. Um, but we won't be unfriended for him. You know what I mean? Like we won't give up positions. We won't give up the opportunity to climb a corporate ladder for him. Like we, we just will not be disliked in the public square, but Hey, I'll die for you, Jesus, you know? And, and I, I think Christians getting to the place where we're like, wait a minute, you know, time out for running and cowering and time out for Mm. allowing your heart um, to deceive you and then taking positions or ignoring things, by the way, um, it's been said and it's true that silence is actually speech. It, it, mm. It's actually saying it's something. Agree- agreement. It, it could be agreement. For sure. You know? For sure. Yeah. It, it communicates things that we, we wish it didn't. Right. But when you live in a culture that is so loud, that is constantly shouting its virtues and shouting what it values. Right. When you live in a culture that is in your face telling you what is right and what is wrong, when you say nothing, you are actually saying to them, yes. Right. Okay, good. Okay, yes, good. At the very least, you're saying, I don't believe what I believe is strong enough of an argument to make it. So I'm just going to like, even if you don't think that you're saying yes, which you are, you're saying yes. Okay. At the very least, what you're saying is I'm kind of not sure about my argument. So I'm just going to keep quiet. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to not, I don't know if I can really stay. I don't know if I have have good footing here. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I'm telling you is that you do. And what I'm telling you is that people who uh, would like for you to think that so-called same-sex marriage is just like regular marriage, they don't they they would like for you to think that, but they themselves know that that just isn't true, yeah. right? And so that's that's the conversation we're having today. Um, I'm going to reissue the disclaimer because we're back on the other side of a break. Um, this is not a conversation or a discussion for younger listeners because we are going to discuss some things that I think would rob some of our listeners of their innocence. So if you normally listen um, with your kids probably don't listen to this one until you've heard it first. If you listen alone, you're in that teenage group. Um, you're going to have to stop and just make sure you check with your check with your parental figures and make sure that it's okay. All right. So back to this article here from the Washington post. Um, ben Johnson does a great job exposing some, um, some information that I think is important in our fight for truth 
and are uh, standing up in a culture that that wants you to just agree, right? To mm-hmm. to go along to to agree and to ultimately celebrate. Uh, the case that he's making here, and I'm going to jump back into the article. The case that he's making here is that while the mainstream media and even some conservative media outlets. Oh, hmm. guys, let's pause for a second. So we have to be very careful who we let speak for us. OK. Because when you have conservative media outlets that begin to allow homosexuals to speak out on your values. OK. There is immediately. A, a compromise or a conflict of interest. The, the narrative is that we're kind of over the same-sex marriage conversation. Mm. That's yeah. the narrative, right? That's, right? that's what you're supposed to believe. And you're actually supposed to believe that now let's turn toward the transgender issue because that's just crazy. Right. Like, let's let's right. get past the whole marriage thing. That is, you know, it's supposed to be in the category of like, quote unquote, settled science. You know, that's that's what same sex marriage is like. We're not still having a conversation about that. And so many of you mm-hmm. have actually gone along with it. You're just like, right. isn't that been, a thi- like there haven't been the, the, the outcry, you know, like that should have been, especially no. from the church, from the people of God about marriage. Yeah. You know, that should have been one when, you know, everything came down. It was like marches and everything else that was supposed that that we do for other things. Right. You know, right. But that didn't happen. So it gives a it gives a sense of feel that. Oh, yeah, we're past that. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. At the, I, I think it um, is an overt statement that many Christians um, do not understand what marriage is. Yeah. The fact that the silence has been so deafening on this and the fact that the activism has been so sparse, I think it shows that um, majority of Christians do not understand um, the weighty significance of marriage, do not understand this picture of Christ in the church, do not understand the implications of moving away from God's definition of marriage and just giving up ground. I think we just don't understand it. All right, so back to Ben Johnson's uh, article here. He writes, in a world of changing mores, public revulsion of cheating has remained a constant for decades. Okay, so the things that people accept, what's normal, what we, you know, those things are constantly changing, right? But one thing has remained constant, what we think about cheating, what we think Mm -hmm. about adultery. Now, this is very, very interesting. And and I I hope that we can all process this together and just kind of step back and at the very least, just go, huh? Well, now that's interesting, right? In 2001, 89% of Americans found, quote, married men or women having an affair, end quote, morally unacceptable. 89%. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a pretty high number of Americans who believe that married men or married women having an affair is morally unacceptable. In fact, I got to tell you, it's a little bit surprising. <laughs> Now, that's back in 2001. This summer, listen, though, this summer, the same percentage felt the same way. The belief cuts across all political classes. Ninety six percent of conservatives and 86 percent of liberals abhor adultery. Okay. now this is very interesting. A Newsweek poll found that 88 percent of married people say they would never have an extramarital fling even if they knew for certain that it would never come to light. Hmm. 
Adultery remains so morally repugnant that more than two-thirds of Americans say they would never forgive a spouse who cheated on them. Two-thirds of Americans find adultery so morally repugnant that they say, I would just, I would never forgive a spouse who cheated on me. Now think about what this means. In fact, as Ben Johnson writing at the Washington stand, as he points out, this has huge implications. This, this, this has huge significance on what we understand to be the um, desired outcome of so-called same-sex marriage in America. You see, this is how language has come to be manipulated in our culture, Mm -hmm. that we are using terms and what people who hate God, what people who reject God's authority count on is that our definitions are coming from these old antiquated definitions. So we can have a conversation using the same words, but they mean different things, right, for each of us. But I benefit from your antiquated definition of marriage, right, because you think that you're talking about you know, the same love and a committed relationship <laughs> and and rights to visit someone in the hospital when they're sick and dying and 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 the familial protection right. that come all of the things that like the feelings just come to the surface, right? All of these things. But that's actually not what we're talking about. Back to this article. These polls mean in effect that nine out of ten Americans actually in practice, now, okay, and I'm adding some words here because I, I know where he's going, but I want you to understand the connection because he makes a quick, quick leap here, but it's, it's a good leap. Nine out of 10 Americans oppose same-sex marriage, which, and this is the connection that he makes, which has no expectation, much less realization of remaining sexually faithful to one partner. This quote-unquote Till death do us part, part (laughs) like you, you, this, this idea of marriage, like this is what marriage hangs on for Mm -hmm. so many people. This idea Mm -hmm. of like this, the two becoming one, this idea of it's just me and you, that there is what the Lord has joined together. Let no man Mm -hmm. put asunder like this idea. And what we have allowed the culture to do is to get us into a place where we feel so like hateful. That we think, well, couldn't couldn't we let two men have that? (laughs) Now, look, I'm out of my mind to even use this example, but I want you to understand how we get to the place where we are. Well, okay, because we because we sell truth, right? Because we sell truth. But but even beyond that, once you've sold the truth, you're still work. You're 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 left working with these lies that present themselves mm-hmm. as a type of truth. Like, so what is the point? Here's, here's what I'm saying. So what is presented to you is we want a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have what you people have? Why do you guys get heterosexual privilege that you get to have a committed relationship and, and, and to, and, but, but you, but you don't actually want that. Right. <laughs> LGBT activists, And numerous studies that come out of the LGBT community, according to this article, suggest that individuals who enter into so-called monogamous relationships do not define those relationships 
as monogamous relationships. In fact, there's a term used in this article. I'm just going to jump to it and I'll go back up. They they call it monogamish. Mm. M- monogamish. Like something like it's it's something, something like, like it. what you guys think <laughs> is monogamy, but it's not wow. really. Guys, the, the the point that I'm trying to make here, and I think you get it by now here, okay, is that when we are talking about, you know, so-called same-sex marriage, we are talking about a mockery in so many different ways yeah. of the institution of marriage that has come from the Lord. He alone has the right to define it. He's already defined it. Even going a step further, there's this this mystery of marriage is revealed in the New Testament to be a picture of Christ in the church. And that we would that we would sell that, that we would just trade that out to be liked in culture. Mm. My goodness. Like I, you know, it, yeah. it 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 grieves me. But I think even in the church, I think some of the problem is because we as believers have had such a low uh, view of marriage and, you know, the commitment. It's yes. almost like when it comes to these issues, you know, some may feel like, well, what can I really say? Because I don't, you know, like it's one of those things where we haven't, uh, uh, um, you know, acknowledged what marriage is by God's standard. Yeah. And so now it's been twisted and, and turned upside down, made something that is not. Right. And, and people may feel like no, I can't really say anything. because How can I say anything? Yeah, yeah. So, so getting back to this article, this is interesting, and this is where the, the data comes in that I think so many of our listeners are going to want to um, have their hands on, mm-hmm. and you're going to want to set your eyes on this for yourself. I think this is very important. Uh, Lance Lowen, Lance Lowen, and this is uh, back to the article, a professor who has an open marriage with another man interviewed hundreds of male same-sex couples while conducting multiple research projects. His report, called The Couple Study, found half of all committed, now just stay with me, found that half of all committed male same-sex relationships are non-monogamous from the start. The study confirmed research from other outlets, such as San Francisco State University, which found half of all male same-sex relationships were not monogamous Mm. and Hunter College, which discovered that 42 percent of men who have sex with men relationships allow for outside sex. A team of sociologists at the University of California at Santa Barbara noted that those in a same sex marriage differ from heterosexual couples by adopting explicit non-monogamous sexual norms and practices. Mm -hmm. By contrast, 20% of all married men and 13% of all married women ever had a single affair. So just to summarize here, at the very basic start of heterosexual coupling, is the understanding that it's non-monogamous. Like, and and even if there is monogamy in the sense of my emotional connection to you, that's that's what the homosexuals will say. There is an emotional connection that is monogamous. We all understand that the sexual activity can be disconnected from the emotions. Guys, do you under do you understand wow. what I'm saying here? And so, so this is common. In the homosexual community, they all know this. They're just hoping that you never do. Wow. 
Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Really do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's William McDowell withholding nothing. Trying to build my case here that when you, when you um, speak out and you tell the truth, uh, you shouldn't feel guilty, right? You, you, sh- you shouldn't feel like, oh, I'm so hateful. When, when you contact your senators, <laughs> right, when you contact your senators and say, no, you can't compel me to tell lies. Yeah. You, I, I refuse to live in a country where you will compel me to tell lies under the threat of losing my business, under the threat of having my private school closed down. Like mm-hmm. you, you cannot mm-hmm. compel me to tell lies. This mm-hmm. is what I'm saying when I say buy the truth and do not sell it. I'm, I'm trying to help build a solid case for you. I'm, you know, um, it, in New Orleans, I, I think it would be described as you ain't about to. <laughs> that's what that's what you know like when you get really mad i'm just gonna teach you this phrase okay <laughs> you can test it out just kind of privacy your home like just you know make sure you feel strong when you say it oh, but man. like when somebody like when you're like you know you're you're convicted you're thoroughly convicted and like there's no it's like man you ain't about to tell me you like i'm not i am not going to cower you you guys for right now we still live in a place where we can assert ourselves and speak mm. up for ourselves. Mm. And this is by blessing from the Lord. Like, mm. but it's amazing to me that there are Christians. I, you know, I had been reading, um, I'd been reading uh, No Reason to Hide, Erwin Lutzer's latest book. Mm-hmm. And he has a quote in here and he doesn't attribute the quote to anyone. He just says, as it's been said. And I thought, man, this is, this is a great quote. I wish it could be attributed to someone. <laughs> um, so here's what I always say. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not my quote. But I wrote it down. He wrote, um, we expect our politicians to fix what we as Christians are not willing to speak about. Mm. We're like, I don't want to get involved in that. I don't want to talk about that. But then we're like, let the politicians deal with it. But what do you want them to do? Right. Like, what what do you want them? How do you want them to vote? What? I'm sorry. I'm clapping. That's bad. (laughs) What do you want them to do is what I'm saying. You know, and and so so if you have people who are in the process of trying to compel you to tell lies, you say, well, I'm not getting involved in that. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, forced, but I'm not getting. OK, but but you have the right to get involved in that. You have the expectation that you would get involved in that. And so where are the lies? Where are the lies? You, you have people who are in the process of trying to compel you to tell lies. Mm. The lie is that marriage is between two men or two women or it's it, it could be a thruple. Okay, it could it could be three people if if we want. You 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 are in the process of people attempting to compel you to tell lies, and here's the insidious one that a lot of softies will give into. The insidious one that we just we want that same type of committed monogamous relationship that the heterosexuals enjoy, and what's so wrong with that lie? What's so wrong with it is that it's a lie. And I'm dealing with that specifically. I just mentioned all the others. So don't come at me saying, but Miki, the very, I just, I dealt with the basis of it that it's wrong. What I'm trying to do is to show you how so many people pull on your heartstrings. And so then because you have not bought the truth, mm-hmm. 
and refuse to sell it, there you then go. what you are found purchasing are the mm. lies. Right. These, these lies that make you feel, you know, like you're a horrible person. And so here is what we know. We know that in same-sex relationships, the, the, the starting point is not monogamy, and that is just understood. I'm going to go back to this Washington Stand article here. Men, and again, I need to give a disclaimer, okay? So not suitable for young listeners here. Men who have sex with men or MSM, okay? MSM couples that are so-called monogamous will not be so for long. Lowen, okay, so the, the, the study that I'm, I'm quoting to you here uh, is, is research done by a man who is in a same-sex relationship. Okay. Yeah. His name is Lance Lowen. All right, so here we go. Lowen found the average MSM couple in a quote-unquote monogamous relationship threw in the towel and began sleeping with other people within <laughs> an average of six years. Previous studies found that all MSM relationships became non-monogamous within five years. Many MSM, and I know sometimes we letters can soften things, but MSM, men who have sex with men. Okay, guys, because remember, after the ball is don't let them think about right. what you're doing. Right. Don't let them think about what you're doing, which is why it is, it is it's <laughs> offensive to say anything about sodomy. Like, don't say, mm. don't say that. Mm -hmm. That is, that's ugly. But that's what the Bible says. That's what God's word says. So I'm doing MSM because it's a lot to keep saying that. But every now and again, I think it might be beneficial for us to go back and define MSM. Many, back to this article, MSM couples in America and overseas begin with an expectation of monogamy then slide from having sex with other people together to getting permission before having sex with someone else and ultimately ending in an open relationship. Hmm. Dutch researchers found men who identify as gay in quote-unquote partnered relationships have sex with an average of eight other people every year. Wow. <laughs> as opposed to 22 people a year for single men who identify as gay. So they're not in a partnered relationship. 22 people a year, a year. But those who are in a partnered relationship, a committed relationship, eight other people every year, every year. To further complicate matters, Lowen noted that men in same-sex marriages often consider themselves monogamous even if they have sex with outsiders. But wait, there's more. Individually or together or openly, or in secret. It doesn't matter how we do it or when it, or if, if I say I'm in a relationship with someone, then that's monogamy. But I, but it's not the monogamy that, that you heterosexuals think of as monogamy. It's, it's, it's not that. <laughs> wow. Everything is redefined. Redefined. Everything. And, and their term for it is monogamish, monogamish. You know, one of the things that I think is, is really interesting here is that, the, the starting point is there is no monogamy as defined by the heterosexuals because we do not start with heteronormativity as our base. Like that's not our foundation. So even the definition of monogamy is not, 
it's not your definition of monogamy because you you come from a heterosexual starting point and all of the trappings of that, which they probably would literally see that as a trapping, right? <laughs> but but we are freer than that. So we have a starting point that's not bound by your definition of monogamy. It's our definition of monogamy. And if we want to call that monogamish, then we will. If we want to say that we can be in a committed relationship with three people or four people or one person for two years and then bring in a third person and then kick that person out and then go to another person or hook up culture and still come home to this person who, by the way, now I'm raising children with and calling that a family. And you guys won't say anything about it. Why? Because you're scared. Because we have effectively put you on notice that if you say anything about this, you are hateful. You, you are the wicked. You're the ones who need wow. to be punished. We can do whatever we want. And we've effectively kept it a secret because the mainstream media is not going to cover behind the scenes for you. And even now you've got even some conservatives have moved away from it. Mm -hmm. We're celebrating conservative commentators adopting children. And everybody's like, but I love them. They say what I wish I could say. So that's how we measure that now. That's how, that's how, that's, those are, be careful. The people that you have speak for you, speak for yourself. Read the word of God, employ what is prescriptive in the word of God, and don't sell it. And when you say conservative commentators, you mean ones who I didn't say, they say they're homosexual. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the ones who are conservative commentators, oh, who but they don't identify it. as homosexuals, yeah. but they support their homosexual friends That's who true. adopt children. That's right. All of them get in line. I don't <laughs> look, I don't I don't care. You know, I look, guys, when when Candace Owens, okay, is is out here supporting two men who adopt children, um, I think Ruben is his name. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm like, guys, I'm I'm sorry. Somebody needs to call her out. Like somebody needs to say, no, Candy, we don't do that. <laughs> I'm, I understand that these are your colleagues, but this is what happens when people just have a strong position on this particular issue. And mm-hmm. then we say, oh, yes, you're our leader. You're, you're the one we want speaking for us. No, I don't want you. No, no, because I have a higher allegiance than just to politics. Right. I have a higher allegiance than just to the moment that we're in. My allegiance is to Christ. My allegiance is to the word of God. So if God says that marriage is between one man and one woman for life, then I agree with him. If God says that marriage is a picture of Christ in the church, then I agree with him. If the Bible uses language that it's a bride and a bridegroom, then I agree with him. So when when we call our senators and we say, you know, you're not going to compel me to tell lies. You're you're not going to compel me to agree with sin and wickedness Mm -hmm. under threat of losing my business. You're not being hateful. You're saying even you know that you don't want what we define as marriage. You don't want that. You're looking for all paths that will get you to compelling our speech. That's what you're looking for. And if you got to call it marriage, then you'll call it marriage. What are you trying to do? You're trying to get to compelled speech in America. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Well, you pursue, quote unquote, marriage. Then you demand, quote unquote, rights. Then you demand, quote unquote, protections. 
so that anyone standing up and telling the truth, notice no quotes there, the truth, then they can be punished by the government. Mm. So the government, the government becomes your echo chamber. Man, it's different if you're like on Facebook and you got like your Facebook community, like everybody's saying what you like. I mean, it's different if you're on Twitter and that's your community and everybody who comes up in your feed agrees with you. But when the government becomes your echo chamber, oh, my goodness, where do we live? When the government is going to compel speech on your behalf and it will affect people's businesses, where do we live? So we have tonight, here's the call to action. We have tonight to contact our senators. We have one more opportunity for um, the free exercise of religion. You shouldn't, I heard, I heard um, our brother Abraham say this a couple weeks ago at church. You shouldn't have to be a pastor to be um, protected, to have your religious conviction protected in this country. Right. That's, that's not what our constitution was designed for. That's not how the framers of the constitution saw the protections that we have. We have the free exercise of religion, all of us whether we're clergy or not. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be a church to have protections. And it's amazing to me how people like consistently take your rights away and then applaud themselves for giving you like things that they want you to think are rights. You know what I mean? Like they take your rights away. <laughs> they, 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 they try to at least, okay? Then they redefine it and then they give you something back and they're like, no, it's better. Mm. It's, new, it's new and improved rights, right? <laughs> like, c- come on, but because we don't know we're just like, oh, thank you so much for allowing me to tell the truth out in the open. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to not have to agree with things that I find morally reprehensible, a sin against my God. All right. So um, if you go to AFA.net and um, you click on the latest action alert, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to agree with God that marriage is between one man and one woman and that we should not be compelled in this country to tell lies. We should not be compelled in this country to tell lies. I know that we have some of our listeners who are like, I don't have internet at home. I don't know. Um, So you can call the Capitol switchboard 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. I I recommend, highly recommend that you go to AFA.net because all of the heavy lifting has been done for you. The case being made that Christians, all fa- look, all faithful Americans should not be compelled to tell lies. Can you imagine that you have a business? Can you imagine that you have a private school? And now all of a sudden you've got to rework the way you do things because two people, they want to call marriage what isn't, right? But even at a basic level, yeah. they want to call marriage what isn't. But then as you drill down into it, it's like, but... But it's it's not even it's not even marriage by a loose definition. Yeah. How did how how do we get here? Is the question. How do we get here? Well, I think it's because there's so many Christians who will make statements like, "Well, I'm not getting involved in that political process. I don't I don't think we have any place in in that." You know, I was thinking about this and even and talking with our kids about different things and the balance of political involvement and things like you know. I I think. Probably John the Baptist, you know, saying you you shouldn't have your brother's wife, you know, I I think is probably a political statement when you tell it to a king. (laughs) Yeah, You understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think there are just times that the moral outrage has got to be so thick that, yeah, actually, sometimes it does spill over into the political realm. Yeah. But first, it's the moral conviction. 
that marriage is between a man and a woman. It will never be between two men and it will never be between two women. It will never be between three men or three women or two women and one man. It will never be. God has defined it. And then said it's a picture of Christ in the church. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.